two years after my abortion. Like I literally wanted to kill myself. And two years later, I'm flying on a private jet around the world working for Robbie fucking Williams. Like who the hell knew that was gonna happen? Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Join your host, Mark Slight, as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Hello, all you wonderful people, and welcome back to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is already episode number 31. It's come around so, so quickly. Every now and again in life, we meet people that change us. You know, we meet people that that raise our level, that introduce a level of love and energy and, and knowledge and passion into our life. Last week, we had that with Brett Robbo. 18 months ago, he came into my life and my life is so much richer and happier and more complete for having him in my life over the last 18 months. We, we talk regularly, we connect regularly, and my life is better with him in it without a shadow of a doubt. Today's guest is Kirsten Davis from The Food Remedy. We actually connected purely for this podcast about two weeks before we recorded, but when we did record, we connected so, so well that I am convinced that Kirsten is gonna change my life in much the way that Brett changed it 18 months ago. And I, I really look forward to it. I hope to be connected to Kirsten for a long time because I know that she's going to have the same effect. She's going to raise me up. She's going to bring that energy, that love, that passion, that respect into my life that is just going to raise me even further up the ladder. And this is what we're all striving to do. We, I talk about it a lot. Connect with people. Connect with people who raise you up, not people who drag you back down. And this podcast has been amazing for me for that. For, I've got some friends on the podcast. I've connected with some new people that I didn't know before. Every single one of the guests on the podcast has raised me up a level. And I am so, so grateful for that. Now, you might be forgiven for thinking that today's episode is actually sponsored by, um, by some dog food, by like Pedigree Charm or something like that, because the theme through the next three episodes, that's right, Kirsten's doing three episodes as well this week. We both sit in recording the podcast with our dogs. We've both got the same dog, type of dog, We've both got a golden retriever, and we're both sitting throughout the podcast feeding our dogs and you might hear in the background every now and again a, a, a whiny dog or, or a barking dog you might even hear us talking about our dogs but um but they're, they're there you know they're, they're right next to us on the microphones as we're recording this and I really I wouldn't have it any other way I'm so actually I'm really grateful that Kirsten brought her dog onto the podcast as well because quite often on the episodes Oscar, my dog, is sitting by my side as I record. It's really nice to have someone on the other end of the microphone, also with a dog. So what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about everything, really. Um, everything from, from health, from nutrition, to fitness, to relationships, to depression, sadness, habits. We are going to cover the lot, okay? We really, really are. If you go back a few episodes to the episodes with Anna Marsh, where we talked a lot about self-love and your own personal growth, that is very much the theme that Kirsten and I are going to follow throughout these three podcasts. But don't be fooled that it's going to be a lot of woo-woo stuff talking about self-love and self-worth, self-appreciation. It gets quite dark at times. There's some revelations within the podcast from Kirsten, which I, I never asked her to make. I never expected her to make. But believe me, if you've ever suffered from depression, you've ever been sad, you've ever felt alone... 
please, please, please continue listening to these episodes because you are going to get so much from them. Kirsten is so raw and so honest with everything that's gone on in her life. And she is the living proof that there is light at the end of the tunnel and you can turn your life around no matter how far down you get. Kirsten says it in this episode that she hit rock bottom. There was literally only one way for her to go from that point. And now she's she's living a great life. She's got a great job. She's got a great company. And she is real living proof that there is always, always light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm not going to say too much more now because right at the very start of the podcast, Kirsten is actually going to introduce herself. She's going to introduce us to the food remedy, how that was born, exactly what it does and how she works with her clients and how she helps people turn their life around. So do what me and Kirsten done. We both had a cup of tea at this point at the start of the podcast. So grab yourself a cup of tea, sit back, relax and really, really enjoy this episode in the way I did. This is episode 31 with Kirsten Davis from The Food Remedy. Kirsten, welcome. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So where, where are you now in the world? I am back in Swansea. I'm a Welsh girl, so I'm back in my hometown. How long for? I'm not sure, but I'm always on the road and going different places. But right now, I'm in my home in Swansea. You are. You travel a lot, don't you? <laughs> I sometimes refer to myself as a, a gypsy of non, non-traveller descent because I do feel like I, I, I must be one of, of some, some description somewhere. <laughs> it's in the blood. I like it. I love going different places, meeting new people. I, 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 I get such a buzz from it. But I also need that grounded time away, like at home with my dog to kind of walk barefoot, feet in the sand or walk, walk through the woods and kind of like centre myself again. Yeah, I love the that. The balance of both is good for me. Just, just out of interest, a random question. Do you ever walk through the, through the woods or through the streets barefoot? Oh my God, I am permanently barefoot. Um, I sometimes, I'm going into the shop and my mum's like, Kirsten, put your shoes on, I am not walking into the, I'm always barefoot. Um, I, I'm normally semi-naked as well. I don't know why. I've had this thing since I was a young child. As soon as I come into my house, I take all my clothes off. Um, I don't know why. This is kind of like a, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say that out loud. But yeah, I've done it. Ever, when I was a young girl, I used to get into lifts in shops and apparently I used to strip. Just because, um, I don't know, just like to take my clothes off. Okay, so that's an unusual <laughs> habit. Um, maybe not that unusual for a kid, but to take it into adulthood is a bit, uh, a bit unique. Yeah, I didn't even, I, you know, sometimes you've got these habits that you don't really know that you have. Um, I was living in Australia and one of my friends um, came to visit me and I was kind of like there in my knickers and a, a vest. And she was like, oh, I missed seeing you semi-naked, Kirsten. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, you barely ever wear clothes. And I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> had no idea yeah yeah it's quite true okay so I was just going to say can you just tell the listeners what you do now as a coach I was going to I was going to say can you sell yourself but I think you've just kind of done that (laughs) (laughs) no way don't don't go by that so um I'm a nutritionist and and a self-love coach and I really help women um, feed their minds, nourish their bodies, and fuel their souls. Because when I first started as a nutritionist, I these women would come to see me, and I would give them their diet plan. I would send them away, and then they'd come back to see me three or four weeks later, and then they tell me about their relationship, or they tell me about their job, or they tell me about their housing situation, and I'm like, 
I was like, I don't really know how to deal with this. I'm just like here to like, I'm a nutritionist. Um, and obviously like you grow and you learn and you develop. And I really started to understand that the relationship we have with food is reflective of the relationship we have with ourselves and how, how much alignment we kind of have. And I know that's a little bit of a woo woo or a hippie word. How much alignment do we have? What even does that mean? It's like, how much are you living like wholeheartedly or authentically? And so it's like, it's that heart, mind, body, and soul. Can you hear my dog crying in the background? She's there needing. So it's about that alignment of mind, body, and soul. So it's how you feed your mind with the thoughts you, you think, your beliefs, your perceptions. It's how you nourish your body. So how balanced you are biochemically. Um, Poppy, come on. Sorry about this. Well, just, just to explain to the listeners. So we're, we're both so, sitting, I'm, I'm and, hundreds and of miles away. But you've, yes, got, exactly. you've got a female golden retriever and I'm sitting here with a male golden retriever. The male, obviously, is just sitting down in the kitchen asleep. And, and the female is whining. Crying, wanting attention. <laughs> oh, God. They say their dogs are like their owners. I hope I'm not like this. <laughs> <laughs> and how you fuel your soul is how much alignment there is. So how your relationships are, how, you know, because... I really love mental health. We all have mental health. And I think so much of us don't really articulate how we're feeling. I think depression and anxiety is something that so many people of us deal with, but we don't actually talk about. And what I came to understand through going through my own um, situations and things like that is I was, I was thinking great things. I was, you know, using these affirmations and becoming very mindful. And I was, you know, balancing myself biochemically. I was by yeah I was eating really good stuff um, but I was actually in a really horrible relationship I was doing something that I was no longer in love with and that's why I was miserable so it's about those three things being in balance so you can be your happiest healthiest self and live the most authentic life you can yeah and I, I'm exactly the same as you the journey's changed massively from food and exercise to relationships and self-love and gratitude and, and all this other kind of stuff that sounds a little bit woo-woo as you said people think it's a bit new age still and it sounds a bit strange how can how can loving yourself help you lose weight for example is a common one that comes up but it's so true it really does if you don't value who you are and you don't know your own worth then of course you're gonna have unhealthy habits or unhealthy patterns that may cause you to overeat or maybe you know have other kind of numbing devices whether that's having gambling or shopping or sex addictions or drug addictions or whatever they are and I think that's a very real problem it is but you say that you know as a nutritionist oh my god how do I don't know about this kind of stuff but really I think we all do because I mean I work with the over 40s community because I'm close to 40 and I think I can I can relate to a lot of the issues that these people have I mean I'm not 40 yet but I'm so close to it I could probably lick it so um (laughs) You, you yourself, you, you had some issues a few years ago, didn't you, when, when you started out and what, what changed your path? So I think of if course, you tell us yeah. a little bit about that, you can go back to that with your clients and say, do you know what, I've been, I've been there, I've done that. So, so where was you? Because you were a little bit lost a few years ago, weren't you? Yeah, so I was working as a nanny. Um, I was living in London. Um, I had a long distance relationship. I, my boyfriend was in Wales. I was in London. Um, and I was just unhappy I'd qualified as a nutritionist but I wasn't working as a nutritionist and I just wasn't where I wanted to be I I was working like 70 hours a week 
and um, my world actually, I actually got made redundant from my job, um, which really knocked my confidence because my job, whilst I wasn't quite happy with it, it had been a very big part of my identity. So my confidence came crashing down. I moved from um, London to Wales and I actually got pregnant. Um, my boyfriend, when I told my boyfriend, when I, I found out I was pregnant, I told my boyfriend, he told me that if I didn't have an abortion, he would kill himself. Great. Wonderful. Just what you want to hear when you find out you're unexpectedly pregnant. So he dumped me and um, I did as he wanted and I had an abortion. And I'd spent 14 years being a nanny and it was the hardest, most horrific thing I've ever had to go through in my whole entire life. And it really made me question who I was. I knew that I couldn't go back to nanny and then because being around children just broke my heart. Um, I'd uh, so I'd literally, my life as I knew it had completely fallen, felt fallen to pieces. My, my job was no more. My relationship was no more. And I was so, so depressed and unhappy. And I was moved, I moved back home with my mum. Bearing in mind, I'd been like living in London, having an amazing life, even though I was a bit miserable. And there I was, um, 28, living at home with my mum, thinking... Great. Do you know when you're younger, you have this image of how your life is going to be? I was like, you know, you'll do this and you'll do that. I was 28, jobless, single, living at home with my mum. Go me. And I was that bad that my sister used to come and visit me. Um, my, my sister was two years younger than me, living at home, living on her own in a, in a really nice house. And I just used to block her and I'd just be like, how are you so sorted? Like, I'm so, like, not where I want to be. And, and my sister would literally clap and dance if I'd had a shower that day. Like that's how bad it was. I, I honestly, like I had about 18 months where I feel like my life, I feel like I just existed. I was so beyond miserable. And um, the thing is when you're really miserable, like you get to a point where you just have to do something about it. Like I was just wallowing in my own self pity and nothing was going to change unless I was going to change. And the good thing about being at absolute rock bottom is it really can't get any worse. <laughs> Sometimes you just don't have to think that because then something else will just come and be like, ha ha, you won't. I can show you it can get worse. Um, but yeah, so I, I actually had this wonderful idea when I was in this pit of misery that I was going to go back to Nanian and I was going to move to Ireland. So I managed somehow to get this nanny job in Ireland and on the 1st of January in 2011 I flew to Ireland to work as a nanny. When I got there I realised this was a really bad idea because if you're miserable and you go somewhere else you're going to be just as miserable there. So here I am in Ireland where I actually know nobody. Um, I have this child who's now dependent on me in the day because I'm her nanny and I'm just thinking oh dear this wasn't the best idea. So I actually left that four months later. I always, when I, when I first moved to London, as when I was nanny, and I used to work in Holland Park, and I absolutely love Ian Marper, the food doctor, and I used to walk on my way to my work past the food doctor clinic, and I, and I remember saying to one of the mums that I worked for at the time, I was like, I'm going to work there one day, and she just kind of like looked at me and laughed, because I wasn't even studying nutrition at the time, I was like, but I just, I knew it was going to happen, and um, yeah, so I was in Ireland, and I looked on Facebook, and I saw an advert for the food doctor, I wanted um, interns to work there, 
So I saw it and I applied and I just decided I was going to work there. Obviously, I had no idea that I was going to work there or was even going to get the position. But I just, I handed in my notice and I flew back to Wales and I had a phone call asking me if I could come for an interview. And I was, my interview for the food doctor was on the day that my baby was due to have been born, May the 10th. Mm. So had I stayed pregnant, I would, and, and it was such a, a bittersweet moment for me because like, I was just like, wow, I've wanted this opportunity for so long and then it happens. And I was like, I'd have done anything to have a baby. I was still depressed at the time, as you can imagine. Um, but I had this amazing opportunity and I went and I did it and I was like, you know what? Sometimes life doesn't give you what you want. It gives you what you need. And maybe right now what I want isn't what I need. And this is what I need. And I'm just going to have to just do it and roll with it. And it turned out to be one of the most amazing experiences of my life. It, it was so educational. I learned so much. And whilst I decided that the food remedy was, was going to be born, I hadn't actually done much about it. So, I, you know, I set up the website, I started coaching more clients and whilst I was doing that. So, yeah, that's, that's the long-winded story of how the food remedy came to be about. Okay, so the one thing I want to touch on there, that's an amazing story, the, the depression and sadness. Okay, I, don't, yeah. I want to keep the podcast upbeat, but sometimes we have to talk about the, the shit stuff, you know, and yeah. I've, I've talked about it this week, I, last week for some reason, I'm, I'm never... I've never been depressed until last week. And for some reason it hit me. And I, I still, to this minute, can't tell you why. But it, uh -huh. it started out like Monday, I was a bit down. Tuesday, I was all right. I was back up again. Wednesday, I was back down. Then it become like every hour. People would see me like, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right at the minute. See me an hour later. No, I'm miserable. And I had, I had someone leave my company because he said, you're so miserable at the minute. I can't be near you because you're depressing me. And... That, that's how bad I was. And, and I, I, I wasn't offended by that. I totally understood it because I was, I was making myself even more miserable by being depressed. But I'd never suffered with it until that week. And I, I've got all the self-coping uh, self strategies I've got in place, which, which helped. But there was days when nothing helped. So on them days when nothing's helping, and you sounded like you was going through that for a long time, and rightly so, with what you'd gone through, how did you really get out of it? How did you... Or, or have you not got out of it? Is, is it still there some days? How, how you know what? I think, uh, I don't know. I, so I have a history, a family history of, um, of depression. Um, there's people within my family um, that, have, that have it. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I, I kind of struggle sometimes with understanding where it comes from or if it's something that was always there. Um, and I think this is where my slogan comes from, feed your mind, nourish your body and fuel your soul. Because in my absolute darkest, most miserablest moments, I, when I left hospital after having my abortion, I lay on my bed and I thought I will never ever smile again. I just thought, what is the point in living? I just don't, I just don't see how this can ever change. And, and it's funny because when I was working in the food doctor, a girl that I'd met a few years ago when I was nanny and it was her birthday and she'd invited me out and I really didn't want to go and I made myself go and I was sat in the bar and the bar, I'll, I'll always remember this moment, the bar had a mirrored wall and I caught, I was talking to someone I didn't know, I just met that night and I caught, I caught a glimpse of myself in that mirror laughing and I thought, well, blow me down with a feather in my cap. I am laughing. Like, who knew this would happen? And that was the moment that I thought, I might not be there yet, but I'm going to get there. And I think sometimes when you're in your most 
utter miserable states, everything changes, everything changes. And as long as we can roll with that and not get too, like, you're going to have bad days. You're going to have amazing days. You're going to have in-between days. As long as you can just roll with that. And it's okay to feel miserable. It's okay to feel, feel all the emotions, get it out. Like you've got to feel it to heal it. And sometimes you just have to go through it to come out the other side. And, and I think that's just, it's, it's okay to be not okay. You know, this slogan is so true, but I think what isn't okay or isn't productive is wallowing. Like it's okay to wallow to an extent, but there has to be a strategy in place, whether that comes from yourself, whether that comes from people around you that gets you to a progressive state um, of, of progress really. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think being aware of the feelings instead of bottling them up and burying your head in the sand. I've been guilty of that for so many years. As a, I think as a man, it's probably more likely that I'm going to bury my head in the sand and ignore the feelings because we're big, tough men and we don't want to admit that we've got feelings and we don't want to admit that we cry and, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but actually opening yourself up and being open to the feelings and letting them go and getting them out helps massively. And I knew, I knew this week I spent Thursday when I was depressed talking to someone, fighting back tears, thinking I've got to change the subject here because I'm with two other guys and I don't want to be upset in front of two other guys. So we'll talk about the football or something. Um, but then you go home and it just, it just comes over you like a flood and you get on your own. You said you sit on your own and you come home and you think, my God, it just, it just comes out. And even yeah. when I was crying, I was like, I'm, I, what am I doing? Why am I crying? I'm a man. Sort yourself out. But you just so funny isn't it like it's okay to cry male female small young yeah. old it's okay like an ex it's an ex it's an expression of like we're all human we just so need to have that compassion for ourselves as well but how much better do you feel when you've let it out because for two days there i was holding that in and i felt awful once it come out right i felt a bit silly for letting it out maybe but once it had once i'd done it and it had, the tears had dried big deep breath and i felt better straight away that's so. amazing so let's, yeah. uh, let, let's cheer the podcast up a little bit then as we get to the end of part one. Uh, let's talk about food a little bit quickly. Um, okay. I want to get your opinion on the word diet. Okay, so we all have a diet. Diet is just the food we eat. It's the food we eat every day. That is what a diet is. Um, and of course, there's lots of negative connotations when it comes to diet. It's, uh, you know, it, people think it's restriction. It's this, it's that, it's limiting. And, and really, a diet is just the food we eat daily. That's all it is. So we don't need to have these, um, if, yeah, we can, we can turn it into a positive. It doesn't have to be a negative. I think restriction, limiting, we just want to get rid of that. It's just the food we eat. Let's, let's make it okay. And one thing that a lot of people probably hear is food for fuel. And yeah. when you hear that, you think probably fueling for exercise, fueling for your daily activities, you get in the right carbs in for certain activities and stuff like that but you're talking much more about fueling for your soul which yeah, so is a totally different thing isn't it really 100 so whilst i think you know what we really need to eat in a way that's going to balance us it's going to give us good energy you know what wouldn't it be great if instead of thinking uh our weight uh, uh, thinking about eating for our weight wouldn't it be great if we're thinking about measuring our health by how much energy we have how much sleep we have how much happier we feel I, you know all those things as as markers as opposed to weight and i think you know what sometimes there's going to be food for your soul like 
feed your soul. Sometimes the best thing you can do is go out with your girlfriends, go and have a few cocktails, have a packet of peanuts, like dance the night away and just not worry about it. And sometimes the best thing for feeding your soul is going to be a really nourishing bowl of salad with some chicken or whatever it is. And, and different things, different, different times and different things are going to indicate what you need. And you know what? We do need to eat for fuel, but we also eat for social reasons. We eat for pleasure. And, and that's okay. It doesn't need to be a negative thing as long as we are not over-consuming. So don't limit yourself. Don't, it's your birthday. Have a piece of birthday cake. Yeah, we know you, you want to be whatever, but crack on eat that chocolate cake just don't eat it four times a day every day of the week it's it's balance it's you know indulge but don't overindulge you know yeah you said the magic word halfway through that which was happiness and i think whenever anyone comes to me that's what i'm trying to get out of them they want to be happy they'll give me reasons i want to fit in a different size dress i want to lose two stone i want to do this want to do that why do you want to do it because ultimately you want to be happy you want to eat the things and do the things that are going to get you up dancing on the table rather than staying in bed all day, right? You know, I, I sometimes, so um, I have people that come to me and they're like, you know, I just want to be whatever weight it is. They maybe they might say, oh, I just want to be nine stone four. I'm like, your life is not going to be any more magically different. If you wake if you woke up tomorrow and you were however many stone lighter or whatever, it's not gonna make any difference unless you've done the inner work along the way because we all attribute our, our weight or something to, and I had this client, I, I said this to her, I said, you know what, if, if that's your goal, that's great. And it's really good to have goals and we can work towards that and everything like that. But what's the reason behind it? Because if you think you're gonna suddenly be a complete, you know, it's like that time I was miserable and went to Ireland and thought I'd like suddenly arrive in Ireland and be like, ta-da! Happy Kirsty's back again. Uh, no, just turns out I'm just as miserable in Ireland. And it's the same thing with weight loss. If you're just doing it and focusing on the weight loss, you, you, you know, yeah, your confidence might improve a little bit. But ultimately, if you haven't done the inner work, you know, it's like all these people that have surgery. Okay, your boobs are bigger or your lips are bigger or your nose is smaller, whatever. If you haven't done the inner work, you're still going to feel the same because that's just a symptom. It's not the cause, although we're attributing it to the cause. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, there's so many elements to your body, your mind, your, your happiness, your gratitude, your love, self-love. You want to take that everywhere you go. And like you say, dropping a few, a few kilos, a few stone or something isn't going to change the insides. And, and people, I think people are slowly coming around to that now. Uh, more and more of us are talking about it. And I think more and more people are listening, which is good. Um, yeah, I think it's a shame we're never taught this stuff in school, isn't it? You know what? No one ever teaches us to love ourselves or actually understand our worth or to know that... You know, like I remember in my absolute worst, I, I just didn't think I was good enough. And I couldn't really articulate what I meant by not good enough. But like, whatever it was, I just wasn't enough, whether it was thin enough, pretty enough, clever enough, like I had a whole list. And then it suddenly you realise that like, we're all born good enough. It's not like some people are born with a magic wand waved over their head, like, boom, you are good enough. Doom, you are not. Like, we're all born good enough. And, and if you can tune into that energy, that, that universal energy of understanding and knowing your worth, life just gets so much easier. It does. I heard that today, actually. We've all got it inside us. If you want more confidence, you can't go out and get it. It's there inside you. You've just got to, you've got to release it and you've got to get it out of it because everything's there that you need inside your own body but getting yeah. it out is the, is the key. I'm, I'm really glad we picked up the mood a little bit there after the sort of depression talk and stuff. I was talking about crying and stuff. So we'll, we'll wrap up there for part one. We'll come back in a couple of days for part two, but thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing your light on the, on the podcast. Great. Thank you for having me on. Take care.
as I said at the start of the podcast, Kirsten was really raw and honest and shared things that was never expected of her to share on the podcast. But she she done it to to prove a point and to prove how low you can get and how how bad life can be at times. You know, it really really can. So many of my clients come to me and they feel embarrassed to tell to tell their story. They feel embarrassed that maybe they were bullied at school or maybe that things weren't working out in a relationship or maybe their husband was was abusive towards them and people feel embarrassed but you just go back and listen to what Kirsty's talked about there's no need to be embarrassed things happen in life to the best of us and we don't want them to happen but they do and how we deal with that really really is what defines us as we move forward it's at this point I want to go back to the, the very, very start of this podcast and, and the, the little snippet right at the beginning. Um, as If you listen to all my episodes, you'll know that there's very, very little swearing in this. And and Kirsty dropped the F-bomb right in our little snippet at the start. But there's a reason for that, because that was actually recorded off air, if you like. That wasn't part of the podcast, but that was when me and Kirsten was talking afterwards. But it just sums up the the change that can happen in life. You know, one minute you can be rock bottom, next minute you're on a, on a tour plane with Robbie Williams. You know, I know that's an extreme situation and that's not going to happen to a lot of us, but it does go to show there is always light at the end of the tunnel. And I just, I've used that clip purely for that reason to, to just emphasize how much your life can change. Even though it doesn't feel like it's going to change at the darkest, darkest moment, you feel there's no way out. I absolutely promise you there is. And we're going to touch on this a little bit more in the other two parts as well. And Kirsten's going to keep this this attitude of being really raw and really honest. And she does share even more secrets. So please stay tuned for that. Following on from recording this podcast, uh, like I said, me and Kirsten only met two weeks beforehand. We've, we've talked a lot more since we recorded this. And one thing that Kirsten said that's really stuck out in my mind is she referred to me as the male version of herself. To me, that's a huge, huge compliment because she's a lovely girl. And for her to say that really meant a lot. But it also shows the the connection and why we've connected so well because we have such similar principles. We have such a similar view on life and we want similar things moving forward. And we've got a similar vision of how we want to go about doing that as well. So it just, again, when you connect with people on a, on a similar level to you, it's huge. It really, really is. So again, I'm encouraging you to go out and connect with people that you want to connect with. People who resonate with you. It is so, so important that you connect with people that are on your wavelength and people who can raise you up. <laughs> I know I know I say this a lot, but please, please stay tuned for part two because this this is such a good week. Last last week with Brett, it really the podcasts from my end are recorded with such a smile because I love talking to these people. Please, please come back for part two with Kirsten. You're gonna absolutely love it. It's a really nice, relaxed podcast. We're getting through a lot of information, but I can promise you there's a lot of smiles in the background. There's a lot of laughter. Um, So please, please connect with us. Please go over, subscribe to the podcast, and then you'll make sure that you'll get the the notification the minute it comes out, which if you're listening to this live or you're listening to this on the day of release, it'll be in two days' time, which will be on Wednesday. So stay tuned for that. Other than that, have a great couple of days, guys. Look forward to speaking to you again on Wednesday when we come back for part two and episode number 32 with Kirsten Davis.